It's always good to be reminded that Jesus loves us. So thank you. And, and, you know, I think if we could remember a little bit better the fact that Jesus loves us, I think we actually would live our lives perhaps a little bit differently to how we do live them today. Uh, it's, it's one of those messages we're always taught, we're always, if, if we went to Sunday school, we knew it right from when we were this high, that Jesus loves us. I mean, that's a call that's probably lots of us sang in Sunday school growing up. But I wonder if we really could grab how much Jesus loves us, how much of a difference that would make to the way that we live our lives. Something to think about there. Have you been looking at um, the news this week and seeing all of the um, pictures about the new royal baby? Yeah? Are there people going, oh, no, you're not going to mention that. Um, And there's others thinking, oh, yes, it's lovely. Seeing a little baby being born. It's a a funny thing. For, For people born into a royal family, I can't imagine what that must be like because you've always got the weight of who your family is all the time sort of, going on around you, haven't you? You know, it's, um, you're, you're always a member of the royal family. And that must, that must be quite difficult, I would have thought. I don't think I'd want to live my entire life in the public eye like that and have so much expectation put on me. Um, it, it's incredible. But it's, it's, it's strange the way that the impact our families can have on, it, have on us, isn't it? Um, families are... Sometimes a bit of a funny thing, and sometimes, sometimes they can be a really good thing, and other times you think, oh, yes, that person's in my family as well, aren't they? And um, you, you, you sort of like hope no one really picks up on that along the way. Um, it's an interesting thing that families and you know, family trees play a big part within the Bible as well. And we have uh, our Bible reading this morning centered a lot around Abraham, or Abraham, as he was to become. And um, we, lots of people know quite a bit about Abraham. And um, it's a, again, if we were brought up in Sunday school and coming through the church, Abraham will be a name that we are familiar with. We're probably familiar with um, his son as well, who's Isaac, and his grandson, Jacob. And lots of people know about his great-grandson, Joseph, who had the multicolored coat that um, people so much enjoy singing about. Um, yeah, that bit of Abraham's family is well known, but not so many people necessarily know about Abraham's dad. And Abraham's dad, as we saw in our reading today, was called Terah. Um, I had an aunt called Terah, and that's a frightening thing to have, you know. Let's go and see Auntie Terah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was a lovely lady, but um, just a, an unfortunate name. But this was the guy called Terah. And this is what we read about him in our Bible reading uh, this morning in verse 31. One day, Terah took his son, Abraham. Um, he hadn't changed his name. God hadn't changed his name to Abraham at this point. And his daughter-in-law, Sarai. And again, she was to become Sarah uh, in the course of time. And their grandson, Lot. And they moved away from Earl of the Chaldeans. Terah was headed for the land of Canaan. But they stopped at Haran and settled there. So Terah set off to go to Canaan. But when he got to Haran, he settled there. And who can blame him? These words aren't going to come up on the screen, but I 
I've re read this about um, the town of Harran. Um, there was an archaeological dig done during the course of the last century, and this is what they discovered about this particular time, at the time that Abraham and Terah would have been there. So this is going back almost 4,000 years. This is what it says. The entire house of a middle-class person had 10 to 20 rooms. Think about the dusting there. And measured up to 52 feet. The lower floor was for servants, the upper room for the family, and there was also a guest chamber and a lavatory and a private chapel. I don't know if the two were linked, but that's the way that they put them together there. A school was found in the town, which showed that pupils studied reading, writing, and arithmetics, including their times table. We're going back 4,000 years, and that was the sort of place that Haran was. It was a nice place to live. Middle-class people had a nice house with servants, with indoor plumbing, with their own private chapel. The kids went to school and they were taught reading, writing and arithmetic, including their times table. That must have been quite some place to live all those thousands of years ago. It's no wonder, really, is it, that Terah didn't continue his journey, that he went on to Canaan. As it says there, Terah stopped at Haran and settled there. But that meant something different for Abraham, or for Abraham as was there. And God called Abraham to go to Canaan. Take your relatives, your fam father's family, go to a land I'll show you. And so Abraham went. And he took Lot with him and his wife with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran, we were told. And he took his, his livestock and his people and his household. He headed for the land of Canaan. And when they arrived in Canaan, as it said there in verse 6 of chapter 12, Abraham travelled for the land as far as Shechem, and there he set up camp. He reached his destination. That's the difference between Terah and his son. Terah stopped at Haran and settled there when he was on his way to Canaan. Abraham completed the journey, which his dad never did. He settled. And some biblical scholars will even conjecture as to whether or not perhaps it was going to be Terah who was going to be remembered as the father of many nations, who was going to be the, a name which would be a blessing to all people. If it only he continued his journey. We don't know that for sure. But we don't know what might have happened if Terah had completed his trip, if he journeyed on rather than settled. We don't know. We do know, though, that Abraham was obedient to God, and he did what God told him to do. And because of that, Abraham was blessed. He did become a father of a nation, just as God promised. He did become famous. We've all heard of him. We're still reading about him now. God did make him a blessing to others. And it was all because Abraham was obedient. 
and he didn't settle with what he had. He answered the call that God gave on his life. As we've already thought about this morning, today is Candidate Sunday. And in the video we saw from the TC, he encouraged us to be obedient to God's call on our lives. And the question is really, and it's a simple question, is are we going to take up that challenge to be obedient? Or are we going to settle with what we've got? And the thing is, the easy thing to do is to settle. That's the easy thing to do, to settle with what we've got. The brave thing is to obey. And one of the reasons why we have to be brave to obey is because we don't always know how things are going to turn out if we trust God. Because God very rarely gives us the full picture. Look at what he said to um, Abraham in verse 1 of chapter 12. Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Doesn't even tell him where the destination is. Go to the land that I will show you. Set off, and then I'll tell you where you're going. That's not the way we normally do things, is it? If we're setting off somewhere, we want to know. We don't like magical mystery tours. We want to know where we're going to. And yet here's God saying, go to the land I'll show you. Set off, and then I'll tell you where to go. You know, it doesn't even say what's really going to happen when it gets there. He says, you'll be blessed, you know, you'll be a blessing, you'll become famous. Yeah, but why? How? What will I have to do when I get there? None of those questions were answered when God gave that instruction to Abraham. And that's because God's way normally is to show you the first thing he wants you to do. And then he asks you to put your faith in him that he's got the rest of it sorted. And that while you may not know exactly how things are going to turn out, God does. And because God loves you, it's going to turn out for your good. And we saw that with Abraham. We saw that in his life. We can read about it through Genesis. That those promises God gave came to fruition. But that was 4,000 years ago. Seemed, it, it was different then, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't, wasn't the same as life as we have it today. So let me give you a more, a more modern example. Let me tell you a little bit about me and Alison. This is well, she's out the back because she can't stop me from saying this now. But 20 years ago, we were married with three children. We had a nice home, two cars on the drive. I had a job that paid probably more money in two months than an army officer gets paid in an entire year. Um, we were living in an area where friends were, clear, were nearby. We had family. The boys were settled at school. Um, I love living by the seaside, and we were living by the seaside. It was a lovely place to live. We were settled. You know, we were, we were sorted. And then God said to us, Go and be army officers. We didn't want to. That's, that's the honest truth of it. We didn't, didn't want to. We didn't even talk to each other about it. 
He, he told both of us to, he wanted us to be army officers, and we wouldn't even talk to each other that that's what God had said. It took us a good few months to get to that point because we didn't want to have that reality of that conversation. God said, don't settle where you are. I want you to become army officers. And when we said yes, our non-Christian friends thought we were mad. Why on earth are you doing that? In fact, my sister was going to contact the NSPCC because she thought it was cruel to our children um, to drag them away from everything. But being an officer and saying yes and being obedient has been such an exciting time. Such an, we're always going on journeys now, aren't we? Such an exciting journey. So many great experiences. It's, it's taken us across this country. Um, it's taken us to spending time in the States. Um, between us, we've met a whole range of different people from uh, prisoners to uh, people who were, at the point we met them, were experiencing homelessness. Um, we've, we've spoken to people at the high points in their lives, at the low points of their lives. We've spoken to MPs, to um, people off the telly. Um, Alison's even had a chat with Prince Philip, and Prince Philip went over and spoke to her specifically because she was in a Salvation Army uniform. Um, it's been a really incredible 16 years of officership. It's, it's been exciting. It's been it's been more than I could possibly have imagined. I think if God had tried to tell me at the start of it what my officership would be like, I simply wouldn't have believed him. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been great. Not every day's great. You know, you, you ask any army officer, you get your bad days as well. But the good days and the things that we have experienced and gone through more than make up. For the, for the bad days that all of us get because life's life, isn't it? And, and that's what happens. And we've also had something that's indescribable almost, the experience of seeing God work through us. That we've, we've found we've done stuff and we're thinking we can't do that, don't know how to do that. I mean, my appointment at the moment is to edit the war cry. I don't know how to do that. Seriously, I don't. Everybody else in the team is so much better qualified than I am to do the job. But each week, there it is. It comes out, the magazine. And, and it's, it's amazing because I'm just thinking, well, if God wasn't helping me do that, I really wouldn't be able to do it. It's an incredible life to see God using you in ways that you couldn't even begin to imagine. And all of that's happened because in the end, and it took us a bit of time to get there, in the end, we decided to be obedient to God and not to settle with what we had. And I'm not telling you that because I'm trying to make myself look good on a Sunday morning in an army hall saying, oh yes, I obeyed God. I'm telling you this because I want you to be able to have that same experience in life, that same exciting life, that same fulfilled life, if you'll be obedient to God. 
if you'll do what he's calling you to do. Now, today is Candidate Sunday, and it is about thinking about, is, has God called you to be a Salvation Army officer or a territorial envoy? And that's a question which we do need to be continually reminding people to ask themselves, because we do need officers and we do need envoys within the Salvation Army. But it's more than that this morning. This morning is me saying to you, if God's telling you to do something, then do it. That's the basic bottom line of my message today. Because if you will, if you will be obedient to him, he will give you a life you couldn't begin to imagine right now where you are. And this also isn't a message to people who are under a certain age. This is a message to everybody. In our Bible reading, when we um, were looking at Abraham, did you notice Abraham was 75 years old? when God called him. Now, we could have discussions about what ages were in those days, but Abraham was old when God called him. There is no upper age limit on God having a call on your life. It doesn't matter what your life experience has been. It doesn't matter where you are now. God has a call on your life. And if God is saying to you to do something, then do it. And I know there's going to be people here this morning who are doing just that. And if, if you are, if you are doing exactly what God's called you to do and you are at the centre of his will, you will know exactly what it is I'm trying so inadequately to put across this morning of that fullness of life that Jesus came for us to have. Be obedient to God. Don't put any limits on it. We had so many reasons to say no to going to the training college. Children, family situations, extended family situations, having to sell a house, all the upheaval. But they were reasons we needed to make sure we didn't turn them into excuses. So don't let your reasons that perhaps you've been putting up there for not doing what God's calling you to do become your excuse for missing out on the life that God has planned for you to have. Wherever you are, do whatever it is God's telling you to do. Even if you can't see exactly where it's going to take you. Because that's actually all part of the adventure of being a follower of Jesus. We're going to listen to a song now. It's um, on a CD. The words are going to be familiar to some of you because it's a, a song that was written, oh, I don't know how long ago. It's been at least two or three previous songbooks. And it says, All my heart I give to thee, every moment to live for thee, daily strength to receive from thee as I obey thy call. While I bow to pray to thee, I commit my way to thee here just now as I say to thee I dedicate my all and we're going to listen to a more modern setting to these words on the CD and as we listen make this your prayer this morning that you're going to dedicate your all to God that you're going to say yes and be obedient to whatever it is he's calling you to do 
and then start that adventure of following Jesus in a new way, in an exciting way, in a way that you can't imagine sitting there in your seat now exactly where it will take you to. But I can tell you that because of the love of God, it will take you to somewhere good.